be in Hebrews 11 and verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5. When Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, he said, Lord, bid me to have you come, me come out to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And for the first time in Peter's life, he walked on water. <laughs> he did what he had never done before, what he never dreamed he could do before, through simply trusting the Word of God. A lot of times we focus on Peter's failure a few minutes later, but we forget the amazing work of God in his life in that simple step of faith. Uh, when we trust in God, listen, I, sometimes I hear people say, well, it's just faith. It's just faith. Just, you just got to believe. Well, that, that depends. Who are you believing in? If you're trusting in me, sorry, <laughs> you need to find somebody else to trust in. Trust in God. Okay, hopefully I'll be trustworthy. I'm not saying that, but uh, only God can truly meet our needs. And, and if we put our trust in him, we can see God do some things in our lives that we never thought he would do. Um, I never thought I would be a preacher. I, you know, if you'd have told me that when I was a kid, I'd probably laugh. Uh, if you'd have told me, I, I, it's amazing. Some of the things God, God did in my life, I never thought would happen in my life. But God led me at certain points in my life. And what a, what a blessing to have God at work in your life. Listen, you know, I quit praying that God would re help me reach my potential. I said, Lord, help me live beyond our, my potential through the power of your Holy Spirit, right? Listen, I don't, I don't want what I can do. I want what he can do. And as we trust him, we can enter in this new uh, level of living whereby we walk in the power of an omnipotent God. <laughs> uh, and, and we need that, right? Because, listen, there's a lot of challenges out there. There's challenges, every one of you, every, as well as me, we've all got challenges in our lives that we have to face. Uh, lost people who need to be won to Christ, um, it, it is truly a miracle of God for them to come to Christ. Uh, we need supernatural help with that. What about our own personal spiritual growth? Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, right? Without him, we're in sad shape, really. Uh, we, we need him. We, we rely upon him. And so um, when we learn to walk by faith, we invite God's power into our lives. And he does some things that uh, are pretty amazing. And uh, and sometimes, sometimes the work may not be amazing in the sense of amazing in the eyes of people, uh, but it is amazing in the eyes of God. If you read on to the end of chapter 11, you begin to read about some of the people who suffered persecution and how they endured. And uh, what They weren't very impressive in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God they were. God says, of them the world was not worthy. Would it be cool to have God say, the world is not worthy of you? Okay, that is pretty awesome uh, praise when it comes from God. And so uh, we can't do anything without him, but with him we can do all things. And as we trust him, 
we invite him into the situation so that his power, rather than our own, uh, can be exercised in, in accomplishing those things. And so, um, I want to talk to you tonight about what faith does. Uh, as we are, are learning to, to understand what faith is, uh, we also need to understand what faith does. What does it accomplish in our lives when we trust God? And so, uh, look with me at verse... Uh, verse 5, and, and we'll read the scripture. It says, By faith Enoch was taken away, and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen, motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So what faith does? What does faith do? Well, first of all, it pleases God. Have you ever wanted to be pleasing to God? Well, I'll tell you how. Trust God. <laughs> very very uh, simple, simple to say. Uh, we, we need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to help us do that sometimes. But, uh, but it is a simple thing. Enoch pleased God. Uh, he walked with God. He had fellowship with God by faith. And, it, and he was so close to God because of his faith that God said, okay, I can't take it anymore. I'm just going to bring you straight up here. Uh, you remember uh, Monopoly, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go straight to jail. Well, you're not going straight to jail, you're going straight to heaven. And God says, you don't even have to stop for death. Uh, you're just coming straight up. Uh, Elijah is the only other person who had that experience in the Old Testament uh, one day, those Christians who are living when Jesus comes at his rapture will have that experience where they are immediately trans translated. They, we, we get that new body uh, instantaneously and are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And what a day that's going to be. But Enoch was just immediately translated into the presence of God in a glorified body by faith. Now, that's pretty heady stuff, isn't it? Um, he walked with God. I always thought it was neat uh, that Enoch walked with God in close fellowship with God at such an early time uh, after the fall. Uh, he was seeking after God. Isn't it a wonderful thing that when, when the world is going crazy and, and all kinds of wickedness are taking place, there are still uh, those people who are seeking after God. Uh, what a refreshing thing. Enoch was one of those people, and God blessed him as a result and he pleased God by faith uh, faith pleases God um, and so um, verse 6 says without faith it is impossible to please God that's a pretty strong statement I cannot please God without faith why? Because I've got to, first of all, believe that God exists if I'm going to come to Him, right? 
And uh, I've got to believe he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So without faith, I can't please him. I can't even approach him. I can't even have a relationship with him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. But faith is that, that attitude and that mindset that we have of relying upon God in all of the seasons of life. Um, you may not understand what to do in a season of life. I've had some seasons like that where I said, Lord, I don't have a clue what to do. But one thing I could do, I could trust God. I could take that next step he led me to do, and I could, I could follow him uh, one day at a time, taking that next step of faith and just trusting him with the results. Listen, God doesn't need our wisdom anyway, does he? He's got all the wisdom he needs. He just needs our obedience. And so we can trust him. Uh, Enoch trusted God. Um, he didn't have all the scripture we have and all the promises we have. But he did have the Lord and he was willing to have that disposition of trust in his life and rely upon God. And as a result, he was pleasing to God. It takes humility, doesn't it, to rely upon the Lord. We're told by the world we need to be self-reliant. And, and there is, is something to be said for, for learning life skills and being able to be responsible and those kinds of things. We teach our kids those things. Um, but all of the things that we could ever learn cannot prepare us for some things in life. Really, really I mean, that's the case. There are going to be some things that come along that are simply bigger than we can handle in our own strength. But God can come alongside us and help us walk through those circumstances and, and difficulties uh, by faith. Uh, but here's something else. You say you've learned skills. Say you've got skills. You say, well, yeah, I know how to share Christ with somebody. Can I tell you something? If you share Christ with somebody and you don't have the Lord doing his work with you, it's not going to make any difference. Uh, anybody who's done much witnessing can tell you when the Holy Spirit hasn't prepared a heart, it's just like this. You, it's like hitting a rock. <laughs> I mean, it, there, I shall not be moved. You remember that song, I shall not be moved? That's, that's what some, some people will say. Lost people and saved people will like. Some saved people are that way too. I will not be moved. <laughs> Don't ask me to follow you, God. Don't ask me to obey you. Um, but... Uh, God has to prepare a heart. Or say you have a gift, a spiritual gift. We were talking about spiritual gifts um, uh, tonight in discipleship training. And, and God has gifted you. And you have a, a special gift from God. If God doesn't bless that gift, you can use it till you're blue in the face without any results whatsoever. Um, it's not enough just to be gifted. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say to the disciples? They had the best training in the world. They were trained by Jesus himself. Can you imagine that? Three years of every single day with Jesus. I can't imagine a better thing. And yet Jesus said, you're not ready. <laughs> you, you know, you've learned some things from me, but listen, you need to wait for power from on high. And when the Spirit of God comes, then you go out and minister. Then you'll be ready. You need the Spirit. Peter, it's not enough that you've got leadership abilities. James and John, it's not enough that you're the sons of thunder. You need a visitation from on high. And so, how does that happen? By faith. By faith we receive. 
I love what uh, Luke says. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And we ask by faith, right? Faith, asking God things in prayer, is an expression of our faith. Jesus said to the little widow woman, you remember? Give me justice against my adversary. Every day. She's a... Finally, he said, I can't take it anymore. I don't fear God. I don't care about men. This lady is bugging me to death. So I'm going to give her what she's asked for. And Jesus said, how much more will God give justice to his people who cry out to him day and night? He will avenge them speedily. And then he says, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, will we have the faith to do what that little widow woman did and just keep coming, keep knocking, keep knocking upon God's door in prayer? It takes faith. And so uh, by faith, we please God. So that's one thing faith does. Faith pleases God. Secondly, faith brings rewards. If you look at verse 6 again, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Literally, he is the rewarder, is what the original says. He is the rewarder of those who seek him. So faith brings reward. So we're seeking God in prayer. We're going to God. And we believe that as we seek him, he'll reward us. There's different things. He may reward us through answer prayer. As we seek him, he may reward us with growth uh, in righteousness. Um, but we're seeking him. Uh, we, we were talking about uh, going to the Lord and, and treating him like a vending machine tonight. You know, a lot of people do that, right? But when we seek him, isn't it a wonderful thing when your kids are, are not saying, Daddy, would you bring me? When you come back from a trip, but they just say, oh, Daddy, I missed you, and they throw their arms around you. That's what seeking him is all about. We delight in him. You know what the Bible says? If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a wonderful promise? We seek him, and he is the rewarder of those who seek him. And what I've found is a lot of times we don't even know what we truly desire. We don't know what our deepest needs are. But God does. So we delight ourselves in Him. He gives us what we didn't have the sense to ask for. It's an amazing thing what God will do for His people as we seek Him. Uh, and so it brings rewards. Listen, Proverbs talks about that, that choice of which life you're going to live. Are you going to live the wise life that follows after God? Or are you going to live the foolish life that follows the principles of this world? Uh, but what does he say in Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, it, it's when we're seeking him. It's when we're trying to honor him with our lives and, and seeking after him that we receive the rewards. And, and some of those things happen quickly. Yeah, I mean, we have some answers to prayer that happen sometimes pretty quickly. Uh, but some things come after a time spent following the path of righteousness in your life. And there are just there are rewards that come from that. And God is the rewarder. He rewards us here. There's sometimes that there will be persecution that may stand in the way of some of those rewards. But guess what? If you're persecuted, you have a greater reward. It's just delayed. He gives you a greater reward. Great, Jesus said, if, if, you, if you're persecuted, get all excited 
start dancing the jig. I'm kind of paraphrasing. But uh, Jesus says, rejoice. Great is your reward in heaven. God is a debtor to no man. (laughs) If you honor him, he will honor you. If you seek him with all your heart, he is going to pour his blessing out. He'll do it now, even if you're persecuted. Listen, I believe God gives joy, and he ministers to the hearts of those who are being persecuted. Uh, I, I, I hear stories from time to time about the way that God ministers supernaturally to people in the midst while persecution is going on, and he gives them a joy, and he gives them an ability to, to praise his name. I'm not sure I understand it. It is supernatural. But it's something that God does, and uh, I believe that as we seek Him, that He will reward us. And we seek Him how? By faith. We believe that as we seek. You know, do you believe, uh, have you ever gone to the Lord and you think, you know, oh, this is not going to do any good. Uh, my prayers are hitting the ceiling. I don't think God's going to do And maybe you get discouraged and say, I'm not even going to try. And you don't finish your prayer time. Have you ever gotten disgusted and you're just like, how many times have I prayed for this? Now, I've had those times where I've gotten frustrated in my prayer life. You need to confess that. If if you're doing that, confess that to God. Say, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief. Help me trust you. Fill me with your spirit. Help me trust you. And uh, uh, I've learned I need a whole lot of help. I don't know if I'm... uh, just a special needs uh, Christian, exactly what, uh, uh, but I need a lot of help, okay, and and I've learned to ask for it, Lord, help me trust you, help me trust you, help me come before you and seek you and believe that you are the rewarder uh, as I seek you, and so uh, as, as we trust God, what does faith do? Well, it pleases God, it brings rewards, um, it delivers us, delivers us. Now, if you look at Noah, it says Noah was warned about what was not yet seen. And motivated by a godly fear, he built an ark to deliver his family. Faith delivers us. Of course, the greatest deliverance is when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And he saves us from sin and he saves us from hell. And he gives us a hope and a future and adopts us into his family. What a deliverance that is. So faith delivers us. That's the starting point of Christianity. Uh, But faith continues to deliver us as we listen to the warnings of God. Where's God warned us? In his word. Right? I just mentioned one of them. Which path are you going to follow? There's all kinds of warnings in Proverbs about not following the foolish path. Um, There are warnings about what sin does. Um, James uh, talks about, he says uh, that a man is, is tempted when he is drawn aside of his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it reaches full measure, produces death. You see, you may have eternal life in, in the sense of, of uh, having trusted in Jesus. But sin has the natural effect of bringing death. Sometimes it brings physical death. I've shared with you about a man in, in my church growing up who, who committed suicide. As he followed a path of sin, was, was experiencing the results of it, he killed himself. And it was such a tragedy. Uh, but 
even if that doesn't happen, you have emotional death. There's emotional um, effects that come from sin. Uh, there is spiritual fallout from a path of sin. All these things God warns us about. He talks about don't, don't quench the Spirit of God uh, uh, through, through sin. And so uh, you lose the joy of your salvation. David, when he was in sin with Bathsheba, uh, and he, he didn't confess it. He, he covered it up, and for um, some believe for about a year's time, uh, he was not walking with God. And, and finally, at one point, he prays, and he, he records that prayer in Psalm 51. He says, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Why? Because his sin had been quenching the Spirit of God in his life. And there was no joy. And he says, Lord, I, you know, forgive me. And he, he prays, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me and all of those things. But he says, restore my joy. My joy is gone. That is part of the death that comes as a result of sin. And so God wants to deliver us from these things. So he warns us about these things in his word. Sometimes, though, God may warn us about going to talk to an individual at a certain time. You say, well, what are you talking about? Uh, I have started to go talk to somebody, uh, uh, and uh, then later, uh, and, I, and just sense like a check in my spirit, don't go talk to them this morning, you go over here. And I, and I go, go over there. I remember one time uh, in Texas, uh, God had done that, and, and uh, I'd, I had gone over to the other side and talked to other people. And I found out later that that guy was disgruntled and angry about something. And uh, if I'd have gone over there and talked to him right before I preached, it probably would have distracted me and got me bent out of shape or, or out of sorts. And uh, God knew I didn't need to go there, so he told me, go over here, don't go over there, right? And so um, God sometimes will warn us about situations. Or how about get out of here? Uh, Joseph did that, right? Uh, Bash not Bathsheba, I'm getting my stories mixed up. Uh, Potiphar's wife uh, is, is uh, trying to, to get Joseph to sin, and she grabs a hold of his garment, but he, he takes off like a gazelle, and he's out of that place, and she, she's holding his garment in, in her hand. Uh, God delivered him from that tempt temptation through uh, his fleeing. And so... Uh, I think being open to God and, and those warnings, that, or sometimes you hear that still small voice, don't go there, don't do that, don't go to that place, don't go to this situation over here where you know you're probably going to be tempted, stay away. If you listen to those warnings, uh, you do that by faith, you'll be delivered from some things that God wants to deliver you from. God told Noah, there's going to be rain. Lord, what's rain? I've never seen it. <laughs> Give me some explanation. Well, water's going to fall from the sky. Really? You know, it had never happened. Imagine what Noah's thinking here. Yeah, uh, the whole earth is going to be destroyed by a flood. Well, how's that going to happen? Where's all the water going to come from? Well, it's going to come from beneath the earth. By the way, did you know scientists have discovered a whole lot of, of, of places where there's water under the earth? Uh, apparently, there's a lot more of it in Noah's day. 
and so uh, Noah has never experienced any of these things, but God has warned him, and he's told him, he said, build a boat. So what did Noah do? He took a s- simple step of faith, and he started his construction project. And people around him probably thought he was losing his mind. What are you doing, Noah? I'm building a boat. What's a boat? It's something that floats on water. Why do you need something that floats on water? Because God's going to send water from the sky. Water from the sky? That has never happened before. Are you nuts? This is what God told me to do. You know, sometimes people in the world will think you're nuts when you follow what the Lord says. (laughs) But guess what? He's right, and they're wrong, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. Uh, So God used Noah's faith to deliver him. Noah was delivered. His life was spared, but not just his life. The life of his wife, the life of his sons, his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and his three sons' wives. Um, By the way, in studies of mitochondrial DNA, they have found that the human race goes back to two individuals. And it comes in three strands. I read that, I thought, oh, that is so cool. (laughs) Adam and Eve, I know exactly who those two people are. Well, who are the three strands? Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, right? Three strands of DNA that ultimately go back to the one strand that comes from Adam. I just think it's great. A lot of these people are are atheists. I was reading one site, uh, and they were talking about this, and they said, even though this looks like it is confirming the Bible story, we've got to trust that it is not. I thought that was an amazing statement. You know, uh, well, anyway, no extra charge for that. but, But God delivers us as we trust him. So faith, what does faith do? It pleases God, it brings reward, it delivers us, and it blesses heirs. H-E-I-R-S, okay? It blesses heirs. Look at verse 7. It's talking about Noah. It says, he became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. How did God bless Noah? He blessed him with righteousness. Noah believed God, right? God told him to build a boat. He built a boat, and God said, okay, Noah, not only are you going to be delivered, as I warned you about the the danger and the problem, but I'm going to bless you because you trusted me. What am I going to bless you with? I'm going to bless you with righteousness. Now, we talked about the fact that uh, last week we have righteousness as a gift from God, uh, that Jesus Christ is our righteousness. He's the breastplate of righteousness, uh, I don't ever want to make my own righteousness my breastplate because guess what? My own righteousness has some holes in it from time to time. I don't want any of those darts from the evil one piercing those holes. But if I put the breastplate of Christ's righteousness on, there's no dart of the evil one that can ever penetrate because his righteousness is perfect. But the fact that I have the position of Christ's righteousness as my clothing does not negate the fact that God has saved us to live a life of righteousness. And it's a blessing. 
lot of people in the world think if you're righteous and you wear black clothing, you have a, a scowl or a frown on your face and you never have any fun. Okay, that's a devil's lie. Righteousness is actually the path to life that is full and joyful and the best that God intended. Righteousness itself is God's gift. It helps us walk in fellowship with God. And listen, he's the best gift we could ever receive. Uh, he makes everything else in life. Listen, I remember when I was, when I was unsaved and just, I had, I, I had no joy. I lived in, in a, it, it, I, was, I was miserable because uh, of guilt, but, but also I just didn't enjoy life. I lived in the beautiful place, God's country, East Tennessee. But I had no joy. I didn't enjoy all the beauty around me. And I came to Christ, and it changed all of that. All of a sudden, life had a new meaning, had new color. All of a sudden, I was enjoying things that I was overlooking before. It was like knowing Christ enabled me to enjoy all the good things that God had done for me. You see, righteousness brings with it its own blessing. Now, yes, the position of righteousness when you come to Christ, yes, it brings blessing. But as you grow in the practice of righteousness, you grow in the blessing of righteousness. And you do that by faith. God blesses faith by helping us grow in righteousness. So he blesses heirs, H-E-I-R-S, okay? He blesses us as the heirs of his righteousness. Now, there are times for you and for me that we don't walk with God, right? We sin, we fail, there are times we don't trust God, um, and we fall on our face, okay, and we blow it. Praise God, we can confess that, and, and God forgives it, and we can, we can confess uh, just whatever, even root sins there may be, like uh, idolatry or pride or those kinds of things, and we can confess those things to God, and God will restore us. His mercies are new every morning, but righteousness is a blessing. And what I found is the greatest times of joy, the greatest times of meaning in my life are those times when I'm walking closer with the Lord. And it makes me anticipate heaven. Because one day, the old albatross of sin will be gone. <laughs> I am going to have a new body, not just a new body. I won't have a sin nature anymore. And the devil's going to be in the lake of fire. What a great day. And I'll be able to serve God perfectly in perfect righteousness. I'm an heir of it. It's mine. I'm the son of God. You're the sons and daughters of God. It's our birthright. It's coming. And what an incredible blessing it's going to be. Righteousness is a blessing now, but ooh, when we get to heaven, we'll have perfect relationships. We'll have... Uh, We'll live in a perfect, righteous life, and everybody else will be living in a perfect, righteous life. You talk about a wonderful place to live, a place where everybody keeps their word. We were talking about that in Sunday school this morning. Uh, a, a place where people always do the right thing. They're always just and fair. There's, there's nothing to mar or damage the good things that God has given us, just the beauty of his presence 
and the unhindered joy of living the life he's called us to live. You see, that's what God intended for us all along. But Adam and Eve messed it up for us, right? And we messed it up for ourselves because we choose sin as well. And, and, and that is going to be such a great day. And so, but, but in the meantime, God blesses us by helping us with righteousness. Uh, another scripture talks about this in a little different vein, and it's talking about giving. And it says that when we give as God leads us to, we, you know, we've got tithes and offerings we do. As we, live, as we give as God leads us to, that God will increase the harvest of our righteousness. So as we're obedient to God, it takes faith sometimes to step out and give as God calls you to give. But as you give, what does God do? He not only blesses you and takes care of you financially, but he also blesses you with righteousness. And that's the best blessing you can get aside from Christ himself. Because it enables you to walk in the blessings of God. So what does faith do? It pleases God. It brings rewards. It delivers us. And it blesses heirs of the righteousness of Christ. And uh, praise God for his goodness. And, uh, and uh, let's pray that God will help us, uh, fill us with his spirit, help us trust him as we need to trust him and walk with him as we should by faith. So that, like Peter, we can see God do some things in our lives that we never thought possible. Would you like a relationship with God like Enoch had? I would. Okay. Uh, I'll sign up for that. Would you like to walk on water like Peter? I don't know if Christ is going to call. You've got to have Christ say, come, or you're just going to sink. I'm just, just in case you were wondering. I think Christ got to tell you first. But uh, listen, what could God do through this group of people? What did Jesus do with 12 men? He turned the world upside down. <laughs> it is amazing. Those guys, they kept making all kinds of mistakes. It makes me feel good about myself, you know, as I read about the disciples and all the mistakes they made. And Jesus is saying, how long am I going to be with you guys? And, um, he used them. That means he can use me, right? Praise God. Uh, what could God do through us as we simply trust him? Skies low on that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a part of your story. And Lord, we know that sometimes faith is not glamorous. Sometimes it means just a simple step of obedience in a time where, where things are hard. But Father, we trust that as we trust you, you will work on our behalf and you'll use us and you'll make a difference through our lives. Give us the faith to trust you, Lord. Um, fill us with your Holy Spirit because we know that the fruit of the Spirit is faith. And Lord, help us to honor you by seeking you with all our hearts. If there's someone here tonight that hasn't yet repented and put their trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life, I pray that tonight would be the night that you give them the faith to make the decision they need to make.